Thanks very much to David Morris and the team uh, talking about the DAOs there, that was fascinating. And this is the big ideas stage and we're going to keep going now. We're going to change topic again. Uh, we're going to welcome to the stage Catherine, Catherine D, D, who is uh, um, going to talk, talk about, about a, uh, identity and pseudonymity. And uh, we're very glad to have her. Catherine. cleared out. That's great for my fear of public speaking, but <laughs> nobody seems too interested. All right, is this up? Right, that's, that's me. Um, I don't think the PowerPoint is visible. Um, but I guess I'll just, all right. All right. Um, so I'm going to be talking about uh, pseudonymity. Um, I think I'm, I'm legally required to use this New Yorker cartoon. Um, on, on the internet, nobody knows you're a dog. Um, so the first thing I want to talk about is uh, pseudonymity and anonymity are different. Um, a pseudonym is a false name, and an anonym means you have no name. Um, and the, these terms get conflated a lot. Um, like, for example, I'm a, I'm a creature of Twitter. The reason I'm here uh, is, is because I have a, a sizable Twitter following, and we, we, call Twitter anon we call them Twitter anons, but they're not really anonymous. Um, they, have, they have a pseudonym. And when they, get, when they inevitably get suspended, um, we know how to find them again because of that, that pseudonym. Um, if they were anonymous, if they were truly Twitter anons, they, we, we, we wouldn't be able to attribute what they say to a single source. Um, so back to me, uh, you know, who's, who's even giving this presentation? Some people know me as default friend. Um, other people know me as, as Catherine D. I have a name I use at my day job. Um, I, I have a, a legal name. I'm working under many layers of, of pseudonyms. Um, but none of them really are more me than the other. They're, they're, they're just uh, they're different, different sides of me. Um, so in response to, to Mark Zuckerberg saying that this use of pseudonyms is um, sort of inherently deceptive and, and says something, you know, as a character indictment, basically, uh, Moot famously, Moot of 4chan fame famously said that uh, the internet isn't a mirror. Um, it's actually a prism, and identity, identity is prismatic, and it's, it's distributed across um, you know, all the, the many windows that you're interacting in. So, you know, like I said, like default friend and Catherine D, and then my professional identity, and then the name my family calls me, um, you know, they're, they're, they're all me. Um, uh, and this idea of identity as, as somehow fixed is actually uh, pretty new. Um, even the concept of like a fixed legal or administrative identity is relatively new. Um, in the U.S., we can date it back to uh, the 1930s. Um, in, in Western Europe, probably closer to the, the Council of Trent uh, in 1545, um, we really weren't like keeping uh, birth registries in the Western world, and it was, it was pretty easy to, 
to disappear. Uh, you know, folks relied on, you know, identity verification relied on your physical self. I also think there's this idea that like documentation uh, is, a, is solely a means of control, uh, but that's, that's not true either. There's, there's many benefits that come from identity verification. You know, like social security is one of them. Uh, if you die, uh, your family can know because there's some, there's some way to, to, to trace who you are. So, so we know that in, for, for ordinary people, identity has been pretty fluid. So that, now there's the question of the author. Have authors always, you know, <laughs> been fluid? Um, so the rise of publishing meant the, the, the creation of the author. Um, and pseudonymity has been uh, with authorship since the very beginning. Very briefly in England, they tried to institute a, a real name policy um, that lasted from about 1637 to uh, 1641. Uh, did not go very well. And there's lots of reasons to, to be, to, you know, to, to publish under a pseudonym. Um, I'm not going to mention the Federalist Papers. I think uh, most people do in these, in these types of presentations. You know, who the author is impacts how the texts are read. Names are very powerful. Um, you, know, you, it's, you evade credit and criticism. Um, it can be a way of being noticed. It's also sexism and other identity-based barriers, uh, trolling protection from the law, to write in different styles, to compartmentalize your identity, You're seducing your husband as an alternate identity to see if he'd cheat on you. And also because texts without authors, period, have always been viewed with a lot of suspicion. Um, so a pseudonym gives you a little bit more credibility. Um, so full, full anonymity on the internet doesn't really exist. Um, and anonymity itself is actually kind of tough to define because it's like, who are you anonymous to? The network, the computer, other people, the platform. Um, it's a lot easier to, to think of anonymity as a continuum. And it's also like not really a personal choice in the same way that pseudonymity is. Being, being publishing under a pseudonym online, it's also pretty embedded in, in internet culture. You know, starting with emails, pseudonyms would help signal that you're not connected to work or school. On, on bulletin boards, like as early as the 1970s, people would use a mix of legal names and pseudonyms so they could ask stupid questions and they could, you know, maybe cause mischief. Other reasons for using pseudonyms on bulletin boards is that they, you know, they relied on ASCII so they couldn't always accommodate names that didn't use the Latin alphabet. And then, of course, there's like the famous social laboratory reason, which is why, um, you know, why we, ha we get that New Yorker cartoon on the internet, nobody knows you're a dog. Um, here's, here's a really interesting quote about um, you know, one, of the, one of the ways that we sort of initially conceived of the web. Um, and there's one that I, I, I really liked. I, I saw it in reading someone's thesis about this very topic. Um, and she, she quoted Tim Berners-Lee saying, people should be able to surf the web anonymously or as a well-defined entity and should be able to control the difference between the two. I would like to be able to decide who I will allow to use my personal information and for what. Um, so this idea of like posting uh, pseudonymously online, it's, it's not that everyone should use, use a pseudonym or there's this idea that everyone will want to hide, but it's more so that um, you should have the freedom to decide. Um, and it's going to change based on context. And
you know, who you are. Um, so this has always been sort of a contentious uh, legal issue as well. Um, Raytheon sort of famously started what was called, you know, a suite of cyber smear lawsuits. Um, basically, there, there was uh, people posting on Yahoo Finance, and they thought it was uh, damaging the reputation of the company. And they, um, what they would do is they, they would subpoena uh, Yahoo Finance, trying to get the identities of these John Doe's to make sure that they weren't employees of Raytheon. And other companies started doing this too. Um, and I mean, it was, it, was a, it was a huge problem. And eventually, what ended up happening was, um, you know, the courts decided that it, they, they made it much more difficult to, to, get, to get identities. You couldn't just get the identities of, of um, posters carte blanche. Um, they, you, you could legally, um, but the law ultimately sides with, with, uh, with the posters as opposed to uh, the corporations or even like individuals who are trying to get these identities um, in the first place, uh, which is which is kind of you know with all like the mob justice, I think we think of it like the government really isn't on the the poster sides, but you know a lot of the reasons why we have like doxing and these sort of like you know the mobs deciding uh, that they're going to make information public is because there's not really a lot of legal. Uh, protection or a lot of legal recourse. Um, so the social internet, uh, you know, social media starts changing uh, the texture of how we think of our online lives. Um, friend, it starts with Friendster. Um, MySpace sort of requires a little bit um, less of you, but what's interesting is like it starts being viewed as sort of lower status um, because there, it, there was more room for like this creative expression of who you are, including pseudonyms. Um, and then Facebook comes along and institutes a real name policy. Um, and this, along with Google Plus's real name policy, was pretty contentious. Um, the Zuckerbergs, so Mark and Randy both like hate, hate pseudonymity. Um, like, I, like I mentioned earlier, they, they believe that it's, you know, it's indicative of trying to hide something, that you know, you're up to no good. Um, that it's somehow going to make you safer um, and make the people around you safer by having a verifiable identity. Um, and it's interesting that the shift from, pseudon from pseudonyms um, to your legal name happens as we bring more of our lives to the, the web. Um, and this, this gets bolstered by this idea of you know, verifiable status. Um, but uh, you know, the, the problem is also like, if you bundle every aspect of yourself into one identity, in this case, your legal name, um, it's, you know, not every post is intended for every audience. So it's, it's confusing. Um, and people adapt their behavior based on who they think is in the audience. So their behavior gets a lot, either a lot messier or it becomes a little bit colder. Um, this doesn't mean that a pseudonymity completely goes away. Um, but, you know, we, it, it, the, t the mainstream understanding of what the internet is for is, has changed. It becomes a little bit more taboo. Um, it's, it, people who use pseudonyms are unserious or in some cases, like, even freakish. Um, which is, you know, it, it's, a it's a huge change um, from how things, how things were. Um, and, I, you know, I've heard the argument that uh, if, it, if, it's, if information is just being sold to, to advertisers, 
um, then you should theoretically be able to like move with a pseudonym and it should be fine. Um, but I think part of the reason that they're asking for all of, all, you know, all of this information um, connected to who you are legally, um, uh, because like there's a lot more at stake. Uh, they, it's, it's more than just you are the product. I think it's, it speaks to sort of a larger culture of, of surveillance. It, another interesting thing is that uh, pseudonymity as treacherous doesn't really hold up. I mean, there, there's sort of obvious examples like um, what happened with a gay girl in Damascus. Uh, like really, really quick uh, rundown of that. Um, uh, I, I think like a 40-year-old man was posing as a Syrian woman, and um, you know he, he was in newspapers and whatever. You know she was con like the character he created was considered this big hero, um, and then eventually like he he flew too close to the sun by pretending that she got kidnapped and he was exposed, uh, you know, as a as a fraud. Um, but I, I I think like that's sort of the tax that we should be be willing to pay that that sometimes these things these th things happen. Like people lie about who they are under their legal name as well. You know, this idea that, that ob obtaining a legal identity will keep people safe is, is pretty myopic. Or even like um, that being anonymous uh, amplifies online disinhib disinhibition effect. Um, studies show that that's untrue. People are just as mean online under their real names, which was it, really surprising to find out because you think that um, that wouldn't be true. Um, plus, like you're not you're not free of community standards uh, if you don't use your real name. I mean, you can still get banned. There are still rules. Um, it, it's one of these things that's easy to accept at face value, but it just like doesn't really hold up um, the more you think about it. Um, and I mean, like if anyone has like used Discord or like remembers on AOL, it's like pretty easy to to get banned even under like you know a weird name like Cat Lover 1999 or whatever. Um, so pseudonymity is really returning. It's more than just a Web3 thing. Um, I know there's been a lot of like big news stories, like again, masking of the guys behind um, Bored Ape. Um, but I think like the pivot point is probably closer to the, the mid-2010s. Um, pseudonyms and autonyms, which have a similar social function, um, become more outside of the familiar realm of artists, hackers, and celebrities. Like I myself publish under default friend um, in, in major publications and in, in newspapers. Um, for, for over a year. So yeah, just a hat tip to the, the folks who, who walked with their pseudonyms so the rest of us could run. I don't know if anyone is paying attention or, can, or recognizes this gentleman. Um, I'm no fan of his, but he did do a lot for us who use names that are not our own. Um, and yeah, I guess I, I would imagine nobody has any questions, but I just want to shout out a few people. Um, Humdog, a fellow, <laughs> fellow synonymous queen. Um, Lydia Lawrenson, who wrote a very beautiful piece in The Atlantic um, and helped inspire me. And um, Jeff Kosoff's wonderful book, The United States of Anonymous, that goes through our legal protections much more eloquently than I did. Um, and Emily, Emily Vandernagel, whose grad school papers I read with Zell to to uh, prepare for this. You could follow me on Twitter, um, where I, minutes before this presentation, I posted something controversial about school shootings, which definitely impacted my performance here. Or you could follow me on Substack at defaultfriend.substack.com. 
All right, I think that's, that, that's all. <laughs>